Section 24 of Anecdotes of Dogs. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Julia Kelly. Anecdotes of Dogs by Edward Jesse. The Setter. The old English setter, says Captain Brown, was originally derived from a cross between the Spanish pointer and the large water spaniel, and was justly celebrated for his fine scent. It is difficult now to say what a setter really is, as the original breed has been crossed with springers, stag, and bloodhounds. The Irish breed of setters is considered better than either the English or Scotch, and a fine brace has been frequently known to fetch fifty guineas. Ewott says that the setter is evidently the large spaniel improved in size and beauty, and taught to mark his game by setting or crouching. He is more active than the pointer, but has not so much patient steadiness. It is extremely difficult to decide between the merits of the setter and pointer as dogs for shooting over. Some authors prefer one, some the other. Craven says that, in his opinion, Russian setters are better than English, in nose, sagacity, and every other qualification that a dog ought to possess. Colonel Hutchinson relates that he was partridge-shooting the season before last with an intimate friend. The air was soft, and there was a good breeze. We came upon a large turnip-field, deeply trenched on account of its damp situation. A white setter, that habitually carried a lofty head, drew for a while and then came to a point. We got up to her. She led us across some ridges when her companion, a jealous dog, a pointer, which had at first backed correctly, most improperly pushed on in front, but not being able to acknowledge the scent, went off, clearly imagining the bitch was in error. She, however, held on, and in beautiful style brought us up direct to a covey. My friend and I agreed that she must have been but little, if at all, less than one hundred yards off when she first winded the birds, and it was clear to us that they could not have been running, for the breeze came directly across the furrows, and she had led us in the wind's eye. We thought the point the more remarkable, as it is generally supposed that the strong smell of turnips diminishes a dog's power of scenting birds. The same able author says that on one occasion, when a near relation of his was shooting on the banks of the fourth, he killed a partridge that was flying across the river. As he had no retriever with him, he almost regretted having fired, but to his surprise his setter dove jumped into the river, although she had never previously, to the writer's knowledge, attempted to swim, seized it, and deposited it safely on the bank. She never had retrieved before, and was not particularly good at seeking dead. During my residence in the country, says M. Hewitt, I had a gamekeeper who was very skillful in the art of training dogs. Among others of various kinds which he trained was a large old English setter, 
with which he had succeeded so well that he could use him both for hunting and shooting this dog did always as much as could be done by any of his race in whatever kind of sport he was employed he even invented advantageous maneuvers himself which the gamekeeper affirmed he had never taught him once after i had been already several hours returned from hunting with my people the dog came running across the yard with a hare upon his back which he held by the ear so as to carry her in the most convenient manner to the kitchen from the considerable distance where he must have killed her upon another occasion he showed an extraordinary degree of judgment and fidelity the gamekeeper had on one of the short days of december shot at and wounded a deer hoping to run him down before night he instantly put the dog upon the track which followed it at full speed and soon was out of sight at length it grew dark and the gamekeeper returned home thinking he should find the setter arrived there before him but he was disappointed and became apprehensive that his dog might have lost himself or fallen a prey to some ravenous animal the next morning however we were all greatly rejoiced to see him come running into the yard whence he directly hastened to the door of my apartment and on being admitted ran with gestures expressive of solicitude and eagerness to a corner of the room where guns were placed we understood the hint and taking the guns followed him he led us not by the road which he himself had taken out of the wood but by beaten paths half round it and then by several woodcutters tracks in different directions to a thicket where following him a few paces we found the deer which he had killed the dog seems to have rightly judged that we should have been obliged to make our way with much difficulty through almost the whole length of the wood in order to come to the deer in a straight direction and he therefore led us a circuitous but open and convenient road between the legs of the deer which he had guarded during the night against the beasts of prey that might otherwise have seized upon it he had scratched a hole in the snow and filled it with dry leaves for his bed the extraordinary sagacity which he had displayed upon this occasion rendered him doubly valuable to us and it therefore caused us very serious regret when in the ensuing summer the poor animal went mad possibly in consequence of his exposure to the severe frost of that night and it became necessary for the gamekeeper to shoot him which he could not do without shedding tears he said he would willingly have given his best cow to save him and i confess myself that i would not have hesitated to part with my best horse upon the same terms mr tory of edinburgh had a setter bitch which possessed great powers and especially in finding lost articles as she would whenever she was desired go in search of anything on one occasion his servant lost a favorite whip in the middle of a moor and he did not discover or make known this loss till they were about a mile distant from the spot where it was dropped mr tory ordered the servant to go back and bring it as he stated he was quite certain of the spot where he had dropped it but after searching for nearly an hour 
the servant returned and said he could not recover it upon which mr tory told his setter to go back for the whip she started off instantly and in less than five minutes the lost article was at his feet the same dog did a great many other curious things she would ring the bell fetch her master's slippers or bring his youngest son when required to do so from another room which last she effected by taking hold of his pinafore with her mouth and running before him sideways to his master's chair a large setter ill with the distemper had been most tenderly nursed by a lady for three weeks at length he became so weak as to be placed on a bed where he remained three days in a dying situation after a short absence the lady on re-entering the room observed him to fix his eyes attentively on her and make an effort to crawl across the bed towards her this he accomplished evidently for the sole purpose of licking her hands which having done he expired without a groan i am says mr blaine as convinced that the animal was sensible of his approaching dissolution and that this was a last forcible effort to express his gratitude for the care taken of him as i am of my own existence and had i witnessed this proof of excellence alone i should think a life devoted to the amelioration of the condition of dogs far too little for their deserts there is a curious and interesting anecdote related of a setter who had formed a great friendship with a cat they were in fact inseparable companions and evidently had a great love for each other as a sporting dog the setter had few equals but he constantly showed his disgust when obliged to accompany a bad shot into the fields after one of the shooting seasons was over his master took a house in london and carried his setter with him who was seated with the footman on the box of the carriage it appears that the dog had not forgotten his favorite the cat for he disappeared from the house and was absent for some days he at length returned to his master's house in the country and brought back the cat with him how he contrived to find his way backwards and forward and how he persuaded the cat to accompany him are mysteries which it would be useless to attempt to solve the fact however would seem to be satisfactorily vouched for setters are known to be subject to strange freaks a gentleman had one which he had shot to for three years upon one occasion he took the dog out and fired seven or eight times at birds the dog had found him but having missed them all the animal returned home evidently disgusted in the evening his owner took him out again and killed every shot which procured a reconciliation between the dog and its master the late dr hugh smith related the following circumstance of a setter dog and maintained that a bitch and a dog may fall passionately in love with each other as the doctor was traveling from midhurst into hampshire the dogs as usual in country places ran out barking as he was passing through a village 
and amongst them he observed a little ugly mongrel that was particularly eager to ingratiate himself with the setter bitch that accompanied him while stopping to water his horse he remarked how amorous the mongrel continued and how courteous the setter seemed to her admirer provoked to see a creature of dido's high blood so obsequious to such mean addresses the doctor drew one of his pistols and shot the dog he then had the bitch carried on horseback for several miles from that day however she lost her appetite ate little or nothing had no inclination to go abroad with her master or attend to his call but seemed to repine like a creature in love and express sensible concern for the loss of her gallant partridge season came but dido had no nose some time after she was coupled to a setter of great excellence with which no small difficulty had been procured to get a breed from and all the caution which even the doctor himself could take was strictly exerted that the whelps might be pure and unmixed yet not a puppy did dido bring forth but what was the picture and color of the mongrel that he had so many months before destroyed the doctor fumed and had he not personally paid such attention to preserve the intercourse uncontaminated would have suspected that some negligence had occasioned this disappointment but his views were in many subsequent litters also defeated for dido never produced a whelp which was not exactly similar to the unfortunate dog which was her first and murdered lover this anecdote may appear strange or untrue to some people but it is an undoubted fact and in some degree corroborates dr smith's account that the late sir gore owsley had a persian mare which produced her first foal by a zebra in scotland she was afterwards a brood mare in england and had several foals every one of which had the zebra's stripes on it that the force of imagination influences some brutes cannot be doubted a gentleman had a small spaniel which had one of her legs broken when pregnant when she littered one of the whelps had one of her hind legs broken the limb was contracted a perfect callus formed in everything resembling the leg of the dam setters are difficult to break but when well broken are invaluable as sporting dogs for they will work all day if they can occasionally find water john dudley duke of northumberland is said to have been the first that broke a setter dog to the net about the year fifteen fifty five colonel hutchinson says that a french lady who is fond of animals at his request committed the following anecdote to paper my dear medor a beautiful red and white setter was remarkable i am told for many rare qualities as a sporting dog but of course none of these could be compared in my eyes to his faithfulness and sagacity i looked upon him as a friend and i know that our affection was mutual i could mention several instances of his intelligence i might say reflection but one in particular gave me such delight 
that though years have since passed away, all the circumstances are as fresh in my memory as if they had occurred but yesterday. I was returning from school at Versailles, and having rang uselessly for a little time at the front door, I went round to the carriage gate to have a chat with my silky-haired favorite. He barked anxiously, thrust his cold nose through an opening near the ground, scratched vigorously to increase its size, and in numerous ways testified great joy at again hearing my voice. I put my hand under the gate to caress him, and while he was licking it I said in jest, but in a distinct loud voice, Dear Mador, I am shut out. Go, bring me the keys. It so happened that the stable where they usually hung was not closed. Mador ran off, and in a few seconds returned and placed them in my hands. I will not attempt to describe my gratification at such a striking proof of his intelligence, nor his evident pride at seeing me enter the hall, nor yet the fright of the servant at thinking how long the street door must have been carelessly left open. Medor deserves that his life should be written, said I to my uncle, when afterwards telling him the whole story. I am sure his deeds are as wonderful as those related of the Chêne Célèbre by de Freville. My setter was immediately declared keeper of the keys, and forthwith invested with all the rights of office. Nor was this confidence misplaced. He would never give up his charge to any one but to my uncle or myself, and always seemed fully sensible of the dignity and responsibility of his new position. Tolfrey gives, in his Sportsman in France, so beautiful an instance of a setter's untutored intelligence, leading him to see the advantage of placing running birds between himself and the gun, that I will relate it. On gaining some high ground, the dog drew and stood. She was walked up to, but to my astonishment we found no birds. She was encouraged, and with great difficulty coaxed off her point. She kept drawing on, but with the same ill success. I must confess I was for the moment sorely puzzled, but knowing the excellence of the animal I let her alone. She kept drawing on for nearly a hundred yards, still no birds. At last of her own accord and with a degree of instinct amounting almost to the faculty of reason, she broke from her point, and dashing off to the right made a detour, and was presently straight before me, some three hundred yards off, setting the game, whatever it might be, as much as to say, I'll be, if you escape me this time. We walked steadily on, and when within about thirty yards of her, up got a covey of red-legged partridges, and we had the good fortune to kill a brace each. It is one of the characteristics of these birds to run for an amazing distance before they take wing, but the sagacity of my faithful dog baffled all their efforts to escape. We fell in with several coveys of these birds during the day, and my dog ever after gave them the double, and kept them between the gun and herself. End of 
the setter recording by julia kelly knoxville tennessee usa